going on, everyone? Welcome to Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 123. And this week, we are very, very excited to have uh, Jez from Windows Central joining us. Jez, what is going on, man? Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> doing well, doing well. We were joking about, uh, yeah, you, you tied one on last night. So, uh, yeah, feeling you still recovering okay, a little bit? Is that is that is that American for drinking heavily? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. yeah, I did tie. I tied several on. Um, but we are alive and breathing. And in 2020, that's more than we can ask for. That's all you can ask. Yeah, that's exactly. Exactly. So we'll uh, we'll jump in uh, to your uh, history here in a second, Dan, Mr. Bone Cream. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm ready to do this. Let's do this. Nice. Yeah, you're sounding you're sounding upbeat today. I don't know why. I took some medication. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah. All right. So what's going on, everyone? Chat. Good to see you. And uh, yeah, so let's get into it a little bit. So Jez, um, we we're just saying, you know, one of the things we'd like to do with new guests is always kind of talk about their gaming history. Um, almost everyone we have on this show and all of our contributors at Season Gaming have been gaming a very long time. Um, and so we like to talk about classic platforms, what got you into gaming. So let's start there, man. What, uh, you know, growing up, what really got you into gaming? Man, I'm like kind of lucky because I always had sort of nerdy people in my family to <laughs> sort of riff on, I guess. My uncle um, was into technology in the 80s. Okay. I was about four years old three years old maybe when he bought around atari 2600 nice awful janky joysticks which yes. barely registered you know mo motion and button presses and stuff like that so you know all those sort of classic you know sort of flat games like pac-man and stuff um but he used to bring it around and then take it back and then one i can't remember if it was christmas or birthday my mom would probably know but um my parents got me a master system, Sega Master yes. System. Yes, good man. Um, so that was the first console I owned uh, with Alex Kidd and Miracle World built in to the yes. console. Um, and uh, from there, it was like Sonic and loads of weird random games like that I can't even really remember. Like, I rem I've, if anyone can, I, I've, to this day, I still don't know what game this is. Okay. But I used to play like a racing game. But it's like a combat racing game on the mass system where you play like a little tiny little car with guns mm -hmm. on it. It was almost like a, a shoot em up, like a shmup, but okay. a car. You're talking about action and fighter? I, I, have, I have no idea. <laughs> but I remember I remember the cheat I remember the cheat codes for it, but not the name of the game. Which is hilarious. So I grew up um, with Master System the same way, man. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if it's Action Fighter because I played that same game. Action Fighter. Hey, yeah, here, I'll pull up a picture. Go ahead, um, keep going. I'll pull up a picture for you. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it um from there, it was like I never had a Nintendo Entertainment System. I think the Nintendo stuff was always too expensive in the in Europe, at least for me initially. Um, or for my family or whatever. So then I went from there to Mega Drive or Sega Genesis, as you call it in America. I don't know why it was called the Mega Drive in Europe. I think it was called Mega Drive in Japan as well, I think. But uh, yeah, it was Sega Mega Drive, more Sonic, Sonic and Knuckles. And then, and then I was severely ill um, with appendicitis, which developed into sepsis. 
Ooh. and I was in I was in hospital for like several weeks or months um, as a kid, and um, I had to be isolated from other kids because I was super ill. And um, to entertain me, the hospital brought me in the Super Nintendo entertainment system they had. So I just spent weeks in bed playing Mario, playing through Mario All Stars and Super Metroid. And then when I got out of hospital, my parents had bought me a Super Nintendo as a congratulations, you didn't die present. <laughs> um, which Always is cool. Good. Yeah. And uh, then I went from there to PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. Um, then my brother got a bit older and he started buying consoles as well. So like he would have the Nintendo 64 and we just, it was just sort of, you know, game of family sort of thing. And then, uh, then it was world of Warcraft and it was all downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah I remember you saying you've played the, one of those, like, uh, how many thousands of hours? I have 10,000 hours in world of Warcraft. Oh my god! <laughs> I've been playing that game for fifteen years. That's amazing. That's You're pumped for Shadowlands, then, right? Yeah, I booked the week off work. And Good man. Shadowlands it up. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, look, look, here's Action Fighter, man. Is it this? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, that is it. That's it. Spy Hunter. Yeah, it is. It's a cheap knockoff of Spy Hunter. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Telling you, man, I remember my Sega Master System. Oh my god, that's crazy! <laughs> it's probably got the cartridge sitting. Uh, there I might somewhere. have it still sitting here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. There's a good chance. But that's awesome, though. So, uh, so what got that you into? Crazy. Well, let me ask this then before we get to that. Let me, what's if you had to pick like your favorite platform of all time? It can be PC too, but any console or platform. What's your favorite of all time? Do you have one? Hmm. Probably PC. I think. Okay. Um. I think uh, overall, I probably put the most hours into PC, like Unreal Tournament 99, thousands of hours in that yeah. as a kid. Like my, my whole teen years were just me and my friends playing Unreal Tournament 99, That's awesome. getting into, you know, fights with Dutch hacking groups and <laughs> crazy things. There's there such a crazy community for Unreal Tournament back in the day. Yeah, there really um, was so many custom maps and stuff like that and and uh clan clan wars and drama that spill over into real life you know <laughs> and um and then similarly in world of warcraft you know live sure. those games sure skipping school for those kind of games um uh, but like at the same time i kind of a lot of the games that i have really really fond memories of were on the xbox 360. like yeah. even though i did have a pc it was never really powerful enough until rec until pretty fairly recently when I got a good job. It was never really powerful enough to play AAA games. Yeah, it was always sort of World of Warcraft was always like you could run on a potato, you know, <laughs> um, sort of game because it was it was designed to capture as many people as possible. Sure. So like they wanted to have like a very low minimum spec, um, but like Mass Effect and Dragon Age and games like that. I never could play them on PC because I just didn't have a PC that was powerful enough. So um, I used to play those on console instead because the Xbox 360 arcade was pretty damn cheap. Mm -hmm. And at the time in the UK, there was um, there was a government program where if you went to school, 
they would give you $40 every week. Really? Okay. Just for going to school. Um, and uh, so what we used to do was we used to go to school and they had like electronic registers. I don't know if you do this in America, but like when you go to school in the morning, they, they ask every kid's name out one by one and you have to say if you're present or not. Mm -hmm. Roll call. Right, roll call, yeah. We mm -hmm. call it registration in the UK. And they had these electronic registers at the time, um, which just meant you could sort of game the system. So we used to go in of the morning, get our electronic registration, and then just climb over the fence and go home. <laughs> so it's, we'd still get the money, which was costing the government hundreds of millions of pounds probably. And then we just, instead of spending the money on our education, we... Everyone bought Xbox 360. Like everyone at school bought Xbox 360 with this money that the government's giving people. It's education so, um, in a way. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> um, I dropped out of school after that. Um, <laughs> and uh, for World of Warcraft. Mainly. <laughs> but, That's fair. Yeah, so like Xbox 360 and PC were probably my joint favorite platforms because Xbox 360, I got so many fond memories of like Dragon Age Origins, played great that game, game Death, Mass yeah, Effect 2, loved that game. Yeah. Fallout 3, you know, Skyrim, a lot of those sort of blockbuster games that are still kind of legendary even now. Yeah, um, they really were. They were all on 360 and PC. So um, even though I've had like a ton of fun with Xbox One, there's nothing there's nothing been on the level of like Fallout 3 and Mass Effect 2 and Dragon Age Origins for me. Okay. For some for some reason, I don't know why. Even though I put like a thousand hours into Monster Hunter World, which is probably my top game of the gen. Wow. Um, uh oh, I hope uh, one of our writers at Season Gaming is always pushing that game on us and I I'm not a fan. Dan, I don't I forget where you were. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know where I'm at with that game. I love it. I played it on the PS4. I got uh, the expansion, and then I got stuck, and I can't get past. <laughs> I can't remember what the hell it was. I, I don't know. It was one of the monsters, and I was just, I mean, I played it for probably 20 hours, and I could not finish. It's it just like the difficulty ramped up so much. I'll probably go back and play it some more, though. I got to kind of grind a little bit. I loved it, man. I still love that game. I'm super pumped yeah, for the Switch versions. Got to upgrade your gear, man. Oh, <laughs> got to do some grinding. Yeah, well, I, I I'd left and you know, didn't play it for so long. Then the expansion came out, so I came back. I didn't realize where or how bad I uh, shape I was in, you know, going into it. But it, it's still awesome, man. And the yeah, two dude. Switch games, I'm super down. Oh man, I I, yeah, played, so I was so salty because I put my Switch into storage yep. because I was like, I never really used the Switch, and yeah. I was just like, I'm just gonna put it into storage. And then the same day, they announced two Monster Hunter games for Switch. And I was like, oh, well, I better get it back out of storage then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, though. But it is funny. One of our guys I talk to every day, uh, we have a group chat for Season Gaming you know, contributors, and he's always joking about Monster Hunter World. So the fact that you just said that live <laughs> on Big Cast, that it's your favorite game of the gen, I don't think we're ever going to live that down. So thank you for that. <laughs> <Good place. laughs> so would you say that World of Warcraft – World of Warcraft is your favorite game slash series of all time. It's not really a series, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think like I have to I have to give World of Warcraft all the credit for holding my attention for fifteen years. It's pretty amazing. Like the, yeah. the um, 
the community is really salty all the time about the game, like things they want fixed or story elements they didn't like, and you know they should have done this better, they should have done that better. And there's this, the game is like if you're if you're so intimately aware of all the game's ins and outs, you're gonna find faults with it. Sure, but and there are there are plenty of faults with it and things that annoy me about it, but there's just nothing like it out there. There's just nothing like it. I've tried other MMOs and like even Destiny. Like I always when I try and play Destiny and I get to endgame, I just end up comparing it to WoW in my head and thinking, this isn't as good as WoW. (laughs) The way the gear loop works and the feel of the combat. It's just such a good game. (laughs) Um, So I've I've actually never played it because I missed the boat at the start and then Basically, after a couple of years, all my friends were like, if you do that, you, your menta- the way I am, mentality would be like you, Chaz. It would be like that would be all I'd focus on. And I'm scared to even jump into it because it will take over my life. Yeah, I played it for three years straight. And then it was just like, and then I stopped. Then Legion came out and I jumped back in. And then I was like, you know what? I can't. I can't do this again. I can't. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so. It's so good. I mean, if, if you really get into it, it's really, really fun. It's, it, it takes a while to really learn everything, you know. Because I mean, I had to basically get one of my buddies and like, listen, we got to go through some stuff because I missed a ton apparently. So, yeah, but it, it's super fun. I mean, people love that game. It's, um, it's a community more than anything. Like, if you sure. get if you get a good clan of people. Because you need you need twenty five people to kill bosses in that game, wow. and they all have they all have to be online at the same time. They have to be you know you have to keep to a schedule, and people have to collaborate to kill these bosses, mm. especially if you're running like mythic difficulty. I don't know if you've seen on Twitch, but when they're doing like the race to the world first boss kills on Twitch, like it's just it beats everything else like really? Fortnite everything else just gets destroyed when they're doing the world of warcraft world first race because you get these guilds that are just like you know this they're so in tune with each other 25 people razor sharp in tune with each other and collaborating there's just nothing like it there's just nothing there's no game that's so matured in its design to be that way and feel that good um, so everything else just feels easy. Like you play Final Fantasy fourteen, Realm Reborn. It's like this is like kids play, you know, compared to well. <laughs> it's like probably offended loads of Final Fantasy. Yeah, well, that's all right. We're not worried about it. So, so what's the remind me what the release date of Shadowlands is again? October twenty seventh, off the top of my head. Okay. The um, only reason I'm asking is because now you got me intrigued, like to turn on Twitch on that day, right, and see what you're talking about you know it'd probably be cool I'll I'm sure there's like, a lot of- i think um what blizzard will do is they they won't open the raid for a few weeks after launch okay because they'll they'll let everyone have a sort of leisurely experience of the expansion story first yeah. but then when all the major guilds have hit end game then they'll open the raids up and then they'll let them start racing to the world first and that's when twitch will just completely explode nice. and you know they get sponsored to do it you know it's 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 an esport basically yeah. they get like the biggest skills in the world like method and stuff they get sponsors and and uh you know they get paid, they get paid to play basically they train yeah. all day to you know they're they're in the beta right now training on the yeah. beta versions of these raids to you know race it up and stuff that's that's cool man i'll have to pay attention um i'll keep an eye on your on your twitter feed yeah because i'm sure you'll be 
posting about it. Um, but I'm curious to kind of check that out. I've, I've watched gameplay of, you know, wow. And it looks just crazy to me how much depth there is to it. So that'll be cool to see. Very cool. Hassan is a, uh, it's a running joke here, Jez about Anthem 2.0 uh, every week. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> so yes, Hassan had to give us our $5 reminder that Anthem 2.0 is coming. Thanks, Hassan. Man, I really wanted Anthem to be good. You and oh, both, man. That's the running joke here in our community. <laughs> is we? I know. really, really wanted that game to be good. Like I played Anthem quite a lot. Honestly, I put more hours into Anthem than I did Destiny. Probably. <laughs> like I actually like I actually got into the end game and I actually did grind some gear and yeah. love the fighting mechanics and. Um, I can't even remember the name of the class now, but that's sort of the magical sort of one that float, floats storm. around. That's what I use too. Yeah, the storm. Yeah, I used to play as a storm, storm dude, and I really love the magic mechanics and the combo mechanics. And me yeah. and my brother do all the combos, and the visuals are great. And then it was just all of a sudden you hit this wall, and it's just like, yep. God, there's really nothing to do in this game. Yep. And then I put it down. And I just never picked it up since, and it's heartbreaking because I love Bioware, obviously. You know, from Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Yeah. Legendary Studio. Yeah, no, we're in the same boat. So every week, we can't get through a week without Anthem 2.0 coming up as a topic. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have to do like a contest one time and just say, okay, we don't mention Anthem at all. We'll give away something because <laughs> it's just never going to happen. You're right, man. But that man is, what's going on with Anthem 2.0? I don't even, I, they announced it and then nothing. Yeah, yeah. The, no, there's a small update from the lead do- design director on it, like, I don't know, a couple months ago. And he basically said it's a small team, but they're focused. And here's their plan of loot. And it's the plan sounds good, but, you know, who knows when it's going to arrive? If it's a small team, who knows how long it's going to take them? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, and well, here comes Bobber following up. Yep, of course. Here we go. <laughs> this is where we're at. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, Thanks guys. Um, <laughs> all right. We, we're going to move on from Anthem. We got a lot to talk about. Um, sure. One more thing I wanted to ask you though, Jez, and I know you've talked about this before, but just for our community who may not be aware, but you know, you talked about, you know, dropping out of school and, and playing a lot of wow. What, what got you into um, like, how did you end up writing professionally for uh, Windows central and getting into that kind of route? <laughs> Man, you're not going to believe this story, but all uh, right. My story of getting into game journalism is like, it's so weird and random and chaotic, which is kind of typifies my entire life. <laughs> but, so I was like 18 or 17 and my raid leader said, we need you to kill Nefarian, which is a big scary dragon in WoW Classic. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I got geography exams. And he was like, yeah, but Nefarian. Like, yeah, good point. Good point. So I skipped a bunch of exams to kill Dragon. And um, that was the end of my education. Um, I went unemployed for a couple of, several years, three years maybe. And then the government was like, you can't just keep being employed for, unemployed forever. You have to get a job. I was like, oh, man, got to get a job. So... The government forced me to get a job in IT in a high school. So I was back in a school, back with computers. Um, The only IT knowledge I had was fixing my computer to play well. But it was cool because it taught me, like, networking and, you know, I did 
I was winging it. You know, I completely lied through the interview. I was like, oh, yeah, I can do all your networking. I can do your service <laughs> stuff. I can do all that stuff, no problem, you know. And apparently I beat someone with a degree in computer engineering in that interview <laughs> just because I was, like, just bullshitting them, which is a pretty good skill in this job. And um, But I just Googled everything, you know, like, how do I fix a Windows Server? Google it and... You know, how do I, you know, fix a IP loop in a network rack or, or just sort of all kinds of random problems that school IT infrastructure has. Um, but a lot of the time when you do an IT, it's like, have you ever seen the TV show, The IT Crowd? I know of it. I haven't watched it. No. no. It's a British comedy about an IT department in a big office building. And the running joke is that they just sit there all day doing nothing. And then they answer the phone and tell people to turn it off and on again. Right. That is literally what 99% of my job was. <laughs> rebooting a computer, rebooting a printer, rebooting a switch, a network switch and stuff like that. And it did fix like 99% of problems. So a lot of time when I was sitting at work, I wasn't really doing anything. So I was just like, I'm going to brush upon my web design skills because I used to make websites as a teenager okay. for like Unreal Tournament clans and stuff like that. And um, so I was like, I'm going to modernize my web design skills just out of boredom. So I thought I'll make a blog about Xbox and I'll hand code it. So I, I coded this awful content management system that used the text file as its database that was like stored passwords in plain text and could have been hacked in like five seconds by anyone with the intention to do so. And um, just started blogging about xbox and stuff like that okay. and um at the time i was hanging out with some people and i met someone who was like an enigma to me he was an apple fanboy <laughs> now i'd never known anyone to be a fanboy of a tech company before he had an apple logo stuck to his front door he had like a copy of steve jobs biography on his coffee table he had like a Mac in every single room and every every moment he felt like, oh, Apple's so cool. What do you think of this new iPhone update? Stuff like that. And I was just like, it, it just really annoyed me. So I <laughs> bought a Windows phone just to annoy him. And um, because I didn't really care about smartphones or tech or anything like that. But I just thought, you know what? I'm going to buy a Windows phone, which is like the opposite of an iPhone, just to be a dick. <laughs> And I bought a Windows phone, but I really liked it. So I started blogging about Windows phone um, on my blog. And Nokia, who were desperate for any kind of press, they hit me up. And they were like, do you want to go and check out the... <laughs> yeah, they were like, do you want to go and check out the, the new, the new uh, Nokia Lumia that's coming out in Barcelona? And I was just like this amateur blogger guy blogging about Windows phone and posting them on Reddit. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll go to Barcelona. So I was just like, this is just hilarious. So That's I'm great. in Barcelona, uh, complete just for, from blogging at work in my spare time when I was bored, just because I wanted to piss someone off about pretending to like Windows Phone so much. And then I actually got into it. And I'm in Barcelona and um, with a bunch of other influencers. And I'm just completely bemused the whole time, thinking like, this is never gonna happen again. I'm just gonna enjoy it. I ordered, I used Microsoft's credit card to order like an 80 euro shot of whiskey. 
from Utah. <laughs> I was like, give me your most expensive whiskey. And he pulled this, like, he went up on the top shelf, got this, like, really old cask of of whiskey that was covered in cobwebs and stuff. And he was like, that's 80 euros a shot. I was like, yeah, hit me. No, because I was like, I'm just going to make the most of this because it was just a whole joke to me. And, um, we ch- we checked out the new the new Nokia phone the Lum- it was the Lumia six forty I think so we checked out this new Windows phone and we had an interview with all the influencer people who are like legitimate actual real influencers um, we checked out this new Nokia phone and we had like a group interview with one of the Nokia marketing people and they were they were desperate for any kind of exposure which is why they had me you know this London PR agency and I got completely lucky. And then I wrote this interview up and that we had the interview and then they were like, okay, now we're going to hit the beach and go drinking and stuff. But I really hate the beach and I hate the sun and I hate heat (laughs) and I hate people and I hate going outside. So I was like, I'm just going to go back to my hotel room and play World of Warcraft. Um, So when they all went to the beach, I went to the hotel room and I thought, I'm going to blog, I'm going to write up this interview before anyone else. (laughs) And put it on Reddit for clicks. Um, so I wrote this interview, put it on Reddit, and it got a load of hits. And then Daniel Rubino offered me a job. Oh, <laughs> so Daniel Rubino, Windows Central, dropped me an email saying, Do you want to come write for us about Windows Phone and Xbox and stuff? I was like, Okay. <laughs> that, that is it. So that it started crazy. because I wanted to piss someone off who was an Apple fan and found out I could blog. That's crazy, That's man. I mean, life, life, life is crazy like that. The, the, the destination that many of us end up in is certainly not one we planned on. Uh, I know mine isn't either, but that's uh, that's yeah. a great story. That was yeah, that was the best story I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You basically yeah. fell backwards into it while drinking the most expensive whiskey you've ever had in Bartow. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, it's awesome. I mean, this is that's. I don't know if that's ever going to be top, man. Be... <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I see Miles in chat. What's up, Miles? Robert, good no. to see you guys. No. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, all the shenanigans that uh, occurred this week. So, you know, uh, last week, obviously, or you know, week prior, we got all the Xbox news. We had the PlayStation show this week. So. Um, you know, real quick, I figured we would touch on the PlayStation show before getting to, uh, you know, our kind of thoughts on on everything related to both now that we kind of have most, you know, 99% of the uh, info out there. So PlayStation show was what, Thursday? Um, I went through this morning, just threw some notes down. So they showed 11 games. Um, four were exclusive. Uh, Oddworld, Spider-Man, Demon Souls, and obviously God of War. Um, Oddworld, maybe time, we don't know. There was no new IP shown. Um, and then Final Fantasy 16 Deathloop are timed exclusives, as is, I guess, Demon Souls, it seems like, to PC. We'll see. Um, you know, starting with you, Jazz, I want to get your thoughts. Like, when you when you take a step back, right, and you're thinking about or you're looking at how PlayStation markets, and we'll get to Jim Ryan and everything else with the rest of the console here shortly, but just from a show perspective, the PlayStation show on Thursday, how, what's kind of your opinion how they approach those shows compared to, say, Xbox? Well, I think like the so the show overall, disregarding the aftermath, was you know sure. it was a solid show. Probably, arguably the most E3 like show we've had this year. 
Um, obviously, this year has been crazy and it's been difficult to get footage of games together and, you know, yeah. deliver that kind of experience that people are used to from these kind of, you know, this is supposed to be event season over the summer, but we just really haven't had any. Um, I think they did a really good job. Like, even though a lot of it was either multi-platform or, you know, coming yeah. out later and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it, there was a lot of exciting stuff and a lot of stuff to look forward to. And even though it was multi-platform, it still puts your eyes on their show. And right. they were the ones who delivered that show. So it's like PlayStation is delivering the content that gamers want or whatever. Like Resident Evil, I'm a huge fan of Resident Evil franchise and yeah. and uh, you know stuff like that. Demon's Souls look, looks great. Incredible. And, you know, I'm not a I'm not into Spider Man or Marvel stuff, but like nice. you can't deny how good it looks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because I'm one I'm one of the few people that doesn't care about Spider Man or the Marvel yeah. game. Dan's a huge I, fan. I literally have the two yeah. people on the on the podcast right now with me. We got the Monster <laughs> Hunter. <laughs> oh man. I just I just don't like superhero stuff in general really. Like I can I can Batman's fine and mostly because the villains are really cool, but like Marvel yeah. doesn't even have the villains. Like I can't even think of a single Marvel villain except Thanos. I only know Thanos because of the memes about Ant Man going inside <laughs> him. <laughs> By the way, there's uh Pompa, one of our uh crew here. What's up, Pompa? Um he, he said that your story of how you got your job was definitely filmic. Oh, so. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but no, I think your I think your point's real valid, right? Is PlayStation <laughs> for whatever reason uh, point about the PlayStation show um, is that yeah to your point they it because the content is shown in a in a positive way as a PlayStation show, even though with games like Resident Evil we know are on all platforms. The the debut of Harry Potter, right? All platforms. Um, just things mm-hmm. like that, because they're shown in such a way during a PlayStation show, it does kind of lead that conversation towards PlayStation. And I think that has an impact. Yeah. I mean, we saw the same thing with Resident Evil 7. There were people, and you know, this is anecdotal, right? But there were people who thought Resident Evil 7 was a PlayStation 4 game. They didn't even know it was on Xbox. Um, yeah, I had, I had people texting me like, oh, I have to get a PlayStation now because of Harry Potter. I was like, yeah, it's a multi-platform. Exactly. And they're like, no, it's not a multi-platform. It was on PlayStation Show. And I was like, listen, I got a press release right here that says it's multi-bloody platform. You know, so <laughs> these shows do have an effect. And yeah. Sony knows that. And they delivered, you know. So you, yeah. you can't fault them in that capacity. But yeah. yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that the um, best when someone, you know, you get comments like that? Are you sure it's multi-play? Yes, I'm I'm sure. Thank you for your concern, but <laughs> I'm sure. Um, Dan, what do you what do you think about the show? I know we kind of talked offline. Yeah, um, it's, it, I think hands down it was probably the best showing from either company this year. But it, it really still highlights, you know, why we still need E three. You know, this this whole piecemeal crap is just it, it's super annoying to me. You know, because you get these bits and pieces, and then everybody's questioning on you know what these companies are doing. We still have no idea about certain things with. You know some, you know both, really both platforms, but I, I liked all the the games. I mean, they, you know, that's what I wanted to see. Um, the Harry Potter thing was cool. Obviously, I'm a huge Spider-Man guy. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 16 was, you know, rumored, obviously, but I was actually surprised to see it still. Um, it it, it kind of hit early, 
you know, if I was given, you know, and, and then they kind of trail off a little bit towards the end. We but, seem to say that about most of the shows, right? Yeah. They yeah. Well, I've always said, you know, you got to have that sandwich right in. You want to have something in the middle, but you got to, you know, lead and then exit with something big. Um, and I guess the pricing was the one thing, but um, I, I really enjoyed it overall. Honestly, yeah. it was it was really good, really well done. Um, the aftermath, on the other hand, was yeah. We'll get we'll get to it. We'll yeah. get into it. Uh, Miles has uh, you know this is exactly the point we're making, right? As Sony does an amazing job saying just enough to imply exclusivity, which is true. Um, yeah. Sony only says what well. <laughs> Up until this week, they typically only say uh, what they need to say to have a positive message come across the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seemed to change this week. So yeah. um, let's get into the consoles then, because uh, Jez, I want you know, obviously you're really close to this stuff. And, and first of all, before we even talk about um, you know the specifics of the PS5 and Series S and X, and you know, get into some of the details. Um, just want to give a shout out and credit to uh, like we were talking about before the show, right? Is um, a lot of the information you guys provide um, at Windows Central and UJazz is, um, you know, it's reliable and honest, and it's refreshing to see um, a site and end journalist kind of focus on, you know, what's coming and know, you know, you know, you know what you're talking about, but in a way that is not uh, overly, um, you know, overly fanboyish, whatever word you want to use here. You just do it in a way. <laughs> Yeah, in just a mature way, and I think there's there's other people in the industry, you know, that that's few and far between, sadly, on a lot of these big sites, and and kind of, you know, I, I rant about it all the time, and I won't get into it, but just want to say, really appreciate what you do, and I think that uh, you've handled everything for the last god, it's been 18, 24 months that we've been talking about leaks and specs and all these things, right? And um, you've done that really well, so cheers for that, man. I appreciate that. It's 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 a different dynamic on Windows Central because. You know, people call us like fanboys or Microsoft shills or whatever because we only cover Microsoft products. But because we only cover Microsoft products, we have the freedom to be able to criticize them and not worry about losing, you know, um, respect or something. Because we are a Microsoft specialist website, and that means, you know, we highlight the good and the bad. And if Microsoft are screwing over their customers, we're going to talk about it. Like, I wrote a pretty scathing article a few months ago about how terrible their localization efforts are. I've wrote, like, four articles about how terrible the Microsoft store is. And, um, you know, we are... None of us are afraid to call out Microsoft when they they do stupid stuff. But but because we only focus on one platform, I think, like, it does give us that sort of more intimate knowledge of what their wider strategy is, which means, like, we can explain away things that people who only have a surface level understanding maybe don't get. And I think some of the, the journalists who cover all platforms, they're maybe not like as intimately knowledgeable about what Microsoft's wider strategy is. And it, and for a lot of journalists, it's like if PlayStation isn't the, if PlayStation is doing something different, then Xbox is doing it wrong. You know, it's almost like in their minds, PlayStation is the standard bearer. And certainly for units sold, that's the case. But um, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just interesting how those dynamics work. Yeah. We don't have to pander to anyone because we only cover one side. We don't have to pander to PlayStation fans because we're not covering things for PlayStation fans, and we don't talk about PlayStation. So we just write for Xbox, you know. Yeah. 
good yeah. or the bad. No, and that's I think what I appreciate, right? Is you're not afraid to call out those things because there's a lot of things that Microsoft and Xbox need to work on, right? And um, oh yeah, definitely. And e localization is a great example. Um, they've just been bad with it, you know, for years and years now. And um, the fact that you do call that out is is appreciated. So um, <clears throat> let's talk about the consoles then. So you know, I wanted to get thoughts on you know the pricing was pretty much what we expected. I think most people guessed Sony was going to come in at three ninety nine and four ninety nine. Um, but what we're seeing right is availability of this digital console seems to really be up in the air. I think uh, people trying to get it from retailers um, have been almost universally unsuccessful. There's a few you know far in between. The people who were able to pre-order directly through PlayStation were able to get one. And I know, Dan, I think you grabbed another one yesterday of your yep. 18 or so now that you have pre-ordered. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it definitely seems like, um, at least to me, and I get your guys' thoughts, but it seems like the approach of having the Series S and the Series X, with the Series S being for, you know, not to make light of it, but the entry-level next-gen console, right, at a lower price point. Um, seems to be a strategy that could pay off very, very well for Xbox compared to even the lower price PS5 being the digital, especially if the digital PS5 is hard to get a hold of, because then your choice just becomes, you know, you've got the parity between Series X and PS5 in price, or you've got the 200 or 250 pound less option in the Series S, right? So, um that's even before getting into Game Pass and all access and all these other things we'll touch on. But um, thoughts on, you know, how Sony positioned the all digital thoughts on uh, the availability of that console. And now that the full picture is known, thoughts on the viability of the S on the marketplace as a whole. Damn, man. There's a lot of, <laughs> lot of stuff. Yeah, man. You know, bounce, bounce it out there, whatever, you know, whatever's top of mind. Now, I, I don't know what happened, you know, with, with the whole pre-order thing. Um, as far as the console, I mean, you're getting, you get the S. Obviously, that's like you said, it's going to be, you know, much more consumer friendly. It's a nice entry level to next gen. It's still going to do, you know, amazing. And for most people, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what the, um, how many people have 4K TVs now. It's probably over 50% maybe at this point, but it's going to really fit for most people um, or you go a hundred dollars more and get quote unquote, the full next gen experience, I guess. I mean, I, I, that's the thing. I, I still don't know all the ins and outs and I'm not a tech guy. So, you know, obviously I can tell on paper, the Xbox series X is the most powerful next gen console coming out. That's just objectively. That's what it is. I, I haven't really, I, I still want to see, exactly what these consoles can do. And I know I watched a video last night, Digital Foundry's reaction video to the PlayStation event. And I think I heard them mention, I think it was with John Linneman and that, um, Alex, or I can't remember his last name, starts with a B. Anyway, they, they've got their hands already, I think on the Series X, or they've seen it, they've seen the gameplay already. So I'd be interested in seeing when that kind of information comes out. Um, I don't know, man. It, people are going to play what they play, you know, and, and to get people, I mean, I, I don't know how much the needle is going to move this generation, but you can't really argue with the value of this. That's, yeah. it's, it's, so, it's such a good, a good value. And if you're only going to release, you know, 
5% of your consoles are going to be your digital version, which a lot of people wanted because it was a cheaper option. You know, <laughs> that's, you know, that just shows you that the price really, really does matter. I think. I think so too. Especially I, I given, yeah, the current climate. Well, I was going to say, I, you know, there's a lot of speculation now if, if Sony was trying to hit that 399 price with the all digital, but they're taking such a loss that that's Huge. why they're producing less of them. Right. Um, and so you kind of are able to market 399, but in reality, your option for a lot of people is going to be the 499 box. Right. Well, so, let me ask you this. I mean, you guys would know better than I wouldn't they be able to make up that hundred dollars pretty quickly through, you know, the digital sales. I mean, I don't know. Dairy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what that really equates to. Is it like three games? Is it six games? Is it a year of PSN or, you know, I, I have no idea. I don't know what. I mean, they're obviously going to make more money on the digital sales than they would on a, a disc. We can only like speculate what the the true breakdown of right. Sony's margins are. Yeah. Um, they're not going to release that information, but from what I I totally believe that they're selling these, especially the digital edition, at a fairly significant loss. Yeah. Um, I've heard Xbox is selling at a loss too. Um, but it's not as big as what Sony's selling at, which is why Sony's hiked the price of its games up. To yes. uh, seventy dollars, yeah, um, yeah. twenty-five dollars in Europe, which is really painful. I was going to ask um, you about that because, yeah, it's even more significant in some of those European countries in Australia yeah. too. Wait, it went up twenty-five dollars in Europe. Their games, their Sony's games, are twenty-five dollars more expensive in Europe, and not only that, but their controllers are twenty-five dollars more expensive, and you can't use your PlayStation Four controllers. Don't get me so started. Yeah, so a lot of these things that Sony are doing are to subsidize the loss that they're making on the digital hardware. Yeah, Microsoft isn't doing that so far. Microsoft's games are still sixty dollars, right? Um, thus far, um, and this is just to be clear: this is first party only. Like, yep. it's not; it's up to third parties what they set their games at. Like, if uh, if Ubisoft wants to set their games at seventy dollars. That's up to them. Like Sony's not increased their cut of what they take from devs. There's no indication of that. But when it comes to Demon Souls and the Sackboy game and all that stuff like that, <laughs> they're all they're all marked up, right? Yeah. So they're doing that because they need to offset the loss they're gonna make on the hardware, at least in the early years, because production costs will come down for the sure. hardware. And the margins will be better in year two and year three, and you'll start getting more games like that have microtransactions, which can further offset the losses from the hardware. And also the manufacturing costs will come down, and also the component costs will come down because those SSDs might be very expensive, boys, in 2020, but they won't be so expensive in 2023 and beyond and stuff like that. Yes. Like the storage costs will come down and all that sort of stuff. But like at least in the first year or two the margins are going to be horrible on playstation 5 digital edition hardware so they need to make up those losses elsewhere it's just interesting that microsoft's not doing that so hardcore like they're like oh yeah you don't have to buy new controllers oh yeah you don't have to rebuy any games you can just have all your backwards compatible stuff oh yeah we're going to leave our games at 60 dollars at least it looks like that's the case now it's like sony's almost acting in a a way that feels almost desperate. And I think really that that is what that exposes is the difference between Sony and Microsoft as corporate entities. Correct, and Microsoft yeah. has infinite money. Yep. And Sony 
is PlayStation. The PlayStation is the only part of Sony that's growing and healthy. So they can't afford to screw up that part of their business. They can't afford it um, to do it. So the price hike on games and stuff like that is indicative to me of Sony being very aggressive with its cuts on the hardware and maybe even taking a bit of a risk because, you know, if, if someone buys a PlayStation 5 and they, they don't use it that much, the big they, the margins on that customer could stay in the negative, you know? Yeah, um, 100%. It's, uh, it's, it's well, like, if you have an install base of 100 million people and the attach rates are bad, the install base is useless. And that's why, like, when console fanboys are always talking about, oh, well, you know, PlayStation got 100 million, Xbox has got 50 million, it doesn't matter. Like, if you've got 100 million consoles but nobody's buying any games, it, you're not, you don't have a healthy business. And I'm not saying that's the case, just to be sure. I'm just trying to illustrate how the console business is so much more complicated than the units sold, which yes. a lot of the journalists are obsessed about. Investors are also obsessed about the units sold. They're obsessed with MPD, which which console won MPD this month? You know, it, but it's, it's a useless metric. It's such a tiny part of the overall business. The business... The last few years, the business should have been who sold the most Fortnite microtransactions. Right. That was literally that was driving the whole industry for a whole year. Yeah. Fortnite microtransactions, and Microsoft literally cited that in its report to investors. We've seen a decrease in Xbox revenue because of lower, lower because of the decline of one of our popular games. They were talking about Fortnite, yes. for God's sake. <laughs> like literally, Fortnite was so big. Forget the consoles. It's all about the, the digital. It's all about it's all about the you know the the software and yeah. the that's that's what the business is. It's like the print. It's like the printer business. You sell the printer at a loss. You make the money selling them special paper or or proprietary inkjet cartridges. You know, and the inkjet cartridges in this case are the games. You know, and. Uh, you know, HP even sues people for making pirated ink, inkjet cartridges. In the same <laughs> way, like, like the, the printer industry has a problem with piracy like the gaming industry does. It's hilarious. But, you know, it's a, it's a similar concept. And um, it's, it's in that vein that I'm really curious, like, how more so 2021, 2022 is going to play out. Because yeah. I really think in 2020, it doesn't really matter how much these consoles cost, how much these games cost, because in 2020, these con both consoles are going to sell out. Nintendo Switch is going to sell out because everyone's at home. Everyone's going to be in lockdown. The UK is going back into lockdown in October for definite, looking at our infection rate right now. Nobody's going out. Everyone's going to be at home. Everyone's going to be bored. Nobody's going to be spending money. What are they going to do? They're going to buy a video game console. So... I don't think Sony or Microsoft will be able to meet demand on those those hardware units this year anyway. So you can expect them to sell out completely. Where it becomes more interesting is 2021, where it's like, you know, the more discerning people wait and see what PlayStation 5's like, wait and see what Xbox is like. So a lot of the conjecture in the industry right now is ultimately for the hardcore audience, the early adopters like us and people watching the show and people who watch shows. That's the that's the market segment we're talking about right now. But yeah. I think 2021 is going to be the interesting one. Yeah. Ooh. No. Go ahead, Dan. No, I was just going to say, this is the kind of stuff I love listening to. <laughs> it's, so, <laughs> like, it's so interesting to me. Like, I don't care who 
wins ever. I, you know, I just play whatever. They're both going to win. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to win is what's going to happen because I'm going to be – I got to reinforce my entertainment center, but you know, my <laughs> PS5. But short of that, you know, it, it, it's such awesome to hear. It's, it's an awesome news to hear, you know, that, that they're just going to keep competing. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I know you're going to probably stay at home. Just like Jess said, we're going to be sitting here. I'm going to have a crap load of stuff to play. And, you know, that's it. That's all I care about. That's yeah. literally all yeah. I can care about. Uh, and, you know, Robert Hart touched on it, what you were talking about too, Jez, and I, I've spoken to it before too, is, is you know, if you look at the actual revenue streams of these two companies, um, to your point about console sales sold, it can be more than two to one in PlayStation's favor. And yet the, oh, the yeah, actual sure. revenue stream is, you know, uh, my, or Xbox is, you know, 70%, give or take, of what PlayStation was in a quarter um, because their service revenue is higher. What we're talking about, right? Game Things like yeah. Game Pass, obviously, driving that profit margin. So it's um, it's definitely interesting. And so I think that's a good segue, right? To talk about, you know, it, it, to your point, Jez, about people, everyone, these consoles going to sell like hotcakes. The Switch, we're not even going to get into. The Switch is just, it, it, it defies the logic at this point in time of what Nintendo is doing. Uh, and we kind of joke about that on a weekly basis. But from a PlayStation and um, Xbox perspective for this fall, um, you know, the entry point there, I think that's where the Series S can be really powerful, right? Is because now you've got people, you've got the X if you want kind of that premier, you know, top end home console, right? Um, obviously, the PS5 has, we touched on earlier, from a global perspective, they're in more markets, they have a bigger fan base globally. Um, so that's where units sold, you know, comes into play a lot as well. But I think mm -hmm. the uh, 299 price tag here in the US, I think it's 249, right? In, in, in the UK. Um, for the Series S, along with all access and being able to get in at 25 bucks a month, mm -hmm. which includes, you know, essentially over 300 games instantly uh, between Game Pass and EA Play in the fall. Um, I, I just don't know. I said it last week, I know, but I just want to hear your thoughts, too, Jez, is, you know, I said last week in, in the history of the con or gaming industry, and I've been doing this since Atari 2602, I don't think there's it's even a debate that there's been a value as good as the Series S with all access ever in the history of the industry. No, I I can't think of anything that's that's like that. It's like I was talking about earlier about how like as a kid, the go the liberal government at the time was giving every kid money just to make them go to school, um, to try and combat truancy and stuff. And um, you know, we couldn't believe it, you know, because there's there's a lot of poverty in the UK, you know, especially in the north. Um, especially where I come from, like I never bought when I was a kid, I never bought a game new. They were always secondhand or stolen from Blockbuster Video. Sorry, Blockbuster. But you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's just funny. Like, if I was a kid, as a kid, Game Pass would have been a godsend to me. Yeah, and like, no even though like there's there's a whole like there's a whole segment of the hardcore audience that are like, and there's, maybe there is an argument to be said that because of Game Pass, Microsoft is a little bit more aggressive with how much it funds, how much money it invests in its first party games. Are we only going to ever going to see double A games? Are we only ever going to see short games because because Microsoft wants them to fit into Xbox Game Pass's model? By the way, there's a dude mowing a lawn outside. Can you hear that? No, no, no I can't hear. Excellent. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I can hear it, but apparently the mic can't, which is great. Okay, so um, so yeah, um, like there's an argument to be said that maybe Game Pass does impact the way Microsoft thinks about green lighting games. Maybe they want to make games that are all about engagement, like Sea of Thieves. Maybe they want to make games that are like really kind of like you know they don't have motion capture they don't have hollywood level voice acting and they don't want to do the kind same kind of investment that sony does with god of war and stuff like that i'm hoping that's wrong and i'm hoping that'll change and i'm hoping that the glimpses we've seen of hellblade 2 will prove that narrative to be wrong but there's certainly a concern from me and i think a lot of other xbox fans that microsoft just simply won't invest that level in their games to bring them up to the level of God of War because of Game Pass, because the margins aren't there yet, because the in, there's not enough subscribers or whatever. So there is that concern. But at the same time, kids are obsessed with Fall Guys right now, which is made yeah. by 12 people. Grounded was made by 12 people, and it was on the top of Twitch for like a whole week in early access of when it was like bare bones. Yeah, Minecraft and Fortnite and you know you get, you get all these games which blow up and make a lot of money, which don't cost a lot to make. And if you're a if you're a publisher in a game dev, especially if you're a publisher, that a lot of them are looking for the next Fortnite. They're not looking to make the next God of War because Sony sort of cornered that risky corner of the market, and that's why like when there are games like God of War, like Final Fantasy 16 they often go for some exclusivity deal to offset the risk. Like Square Enix is risk-averse like crazy, you know, so they, they cut these exclusivity deals because it offsets their risk. And it's yep. a no-brainer for Sony because they get to have they get to continue this narrative that the best AAA action games are going to be on PlayStation. So um, I can't even remember where this was going, but <laughs> I think, like, the, <laughs> the central point is, like, about Xbox Game Pass's value is... People, this even though the quality maybe isn't as good as it could be, and certainly isn't as attractive as a God of War or The Last of Us, there's still so many fun gameplay hours to be had in that service. Yeah. And um, especially if you're a youngster and you're maybe less particular about the quality of your games, um, or a parent who doesn't want necessarily to spend 75 euros on God of War 2, um, I think it's a really great option. I just hope that for us, eventually it leads to the super high quality games as well, yeah. not just the Game yeah. Pass fodder, quote unquote. Yeah, I think that's what many people are really interested in when we talk about games like Avowed and Fable, right? Is I think expectations for those games are are exactly that is okay the studios are making games like grounded and it's great they have the freedom to make games like grounded but avowed better be like skyrim and fable better be like you know a true better be like fable yeah fable i guess yeah uh, but you know but big triple a rpg right so i think that's what people are waiting to see um you know the the messaging has been that's what we're going to get but they haven't proved it yet to your point so yeah. Let me get to the super chat real quick from Boogeyman. Hold on one second, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a funny comment. Didn't like the Wii U when they went, so they went and made the switch and take their ball and go elsewhere to let Sony and Microsoft duke it out, which is it's pretty much true. Nintendo's yeah. in their own market at this point. I mean, they just are. 
Um, Nintendo is a wild card. It's it's kind of like if Marvel and if Marvel and DC are like fighting each other, then you've got like well, I suppose Disney owns Marvel, doesn't it? So I was going to say that Disney is like separate, but it's uh, Disney owns Marvel. So that that you've. <laughs> That analogy doesn't even <laughs> bloody work. But, um, like Dark, Dark Horse comics, we all have to yeah, doing their own thing. Yeah, like I just saying, like the Nintendo's the Disney. They can just do anything they want. Like they've got so much nostalgia. They've got so much consumer loyalty. They've, they're like le- a legacy. You know, if if like, can you imagine if Sony had had a gen like the Wii U, um, this gen, it would have killed their business. Yeah, like Nintendo sure. can get away with it because they've got they've got cash reserves for days because they're such an old successful company and um nintendo are willing to do these wacky experiments that work i remember when i saw the first switch ad and it was like these hip and cool young people playing nintendo switch on a on a roof at a cocktail party i remember thinking that is dumb as hell no one (laughs) would ever do that and then last year i actually did that I actually went, I was actually at a professional business meeting and people were like, want to play Mario Kart? Flip out the Switch, open the kickstand, snap off two controllers and literally did that. And I, and I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm that horrible person in the advert and Nintendo was right. They were right all along. You are being so, filmed without yeah. you knowing, right? Oh my God. Huh? <laughs> you were being filmed, then you didn't even know it, right? You were being put in an yeah, ad. Maybe I don't know, but we we literally did that. You know, it was it was amazing, and the fact yeah. that you can do that with the switch and just whip off the controllers and and play a game in multiplayer and pop out the little kickstand—it's such a versatile, genius device that can fit all kinds of niches. Plug it into your TV, take it with you, make it a multiplayer device. I see kids use—I I saw kids using it on the train all the time putting it on the train table and stuff because when i lived in germany um you know lived in the middle of nowhere kids would have to get a train to the next city to go to school they all had a nintendo switch there and um it's just really exciting to see that kind of thing and nintendo can just do what it wants and yeah. it's always special yeah oh. we made fun of ring fit we made fun of you know pampa here joking about this selling cardboard to people right yeah. um eating it up <laughs> eating it up so um, on the Game Pass piece, so, you know, with all access, I think one of the interesting points I brought up last week was around um, when, you you know, they're pushing all access to, to lower that entry point and money kind of outlay at the start to get you into the console. Right. But simultaneously, they are now entering people into a two year Game Pass subscription. Right. So, I mean, the, the foundation there is just being expanded into having you mentioned margins and that subscriber base jazz. And I think that's exactly it, right? Is that part of the reason you're pushing all access again, it's not to sell the console. That's, that's secondary. The primary thing here is getting people invested in that ecosystem for a minimum of two years. And if Microsoft's if- key performance indicator KPI is engagement, nothing yes. else matters. It doesn't care about console sold. It just matters about where you can get the people how you can get them in the ecosystem, how you can keep them locked into the ecosystem. And then when you've got their eyeballs and more importantly, their PayPal information, <laughs> then you go with the upsell. It's like, like when you're at a restaurant and the waiters come in, come into you and saying, do you want another, do you know, do you want another glass of wine? Do you want another, can I get you anything? It's like, it's a similar kind of thing. And the, X, the Xbox dashboard literally does that. When you boot up your Xbox, it's there's like little ads on it. Like it's the same as like a waiter coming up to you and offering you like extra alcohol in a bar. 
it's the upsell, you know. Yeah. Um, that's that's the whole. It's the ten cent model, you know. So that's ten cents model, and that's why ten cent goes out and they invest in specifically games that have engagement, like Path of Exile, and and uh, League of Legends, and and you know every single game in existence. Apparently, that's why <laughs> that's um that's ten cents key performance indicator to its investors is engagement, and then at some point, ten cents going to tie all that stuff together in a big scary corporate nightmare that will send them tons and tons of cash and lock everyone into a singular ecosystem um look out for that in 2021 <laughs> but, you know it's uh oh man it's uh be our pandemic next year um <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, dan any comment on uh, all access or game pass before we move to no i mean it's, it's it's just you know we said it's a good deal you know i I've got. I just bought my kids uh, one X's a couple months ago. Okay. You know, fully knowing that you know <laughs> the Lockhart was a thing, I just didn't know what the price was. But anyway, they they, they were on OGs, so I, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna buy it for them. Uh, then they should be fine. And 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 really, I, I, if they're losing money on the S, let me ask you guys this. You know, I got. They've got Game Pass. They've got you know whatever. They basically play Rainbow Six. And uh, Fortnite and Minecraft. That's all they play. Um, I guess my question is: Does it do, would would Microsoft lose money if they're losing money on the console? Would they just prefer you just to keep your old console and just yeah. continue with the services? Right. Okay. They would. They literally yeah. would. And that Phil's been on record as saying that he yep. said the business isn't selling consoles, yep. and a lot of people like. A lot of people freaked out and were like, oh my God, Xbox is quitting the industry because they think with this mindset of units sold MPD, units sold MPD. And journalists think with that mindset too because they don't understand the business at large. And it's, it is literally better for Microsoft if someone stays on their Xbox One and subscribes to Game Pass and subscribes to Game Pass yeah. Ultimate specifically. It's literally better for them than selling them a new console. They make the new console because devs want new consoles because... They're, they want to push the limits of their art and have more capabilities, potentially to sell more stuff too. And um, they make new consoles as well because we want new consoles. That's the only reason they do it. Like, literally, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, the business is getting people where they are. And if, if the business was selling consoles, they would never have made xCloud. So, true. That's true. Yep. Yep, very true. And, uh, you know, we're talking about all access. Here's a perfect example. Fogel, what's up, brother? It says, if I can do all access, I'm getting an XX, uh, a Series X and two Series S's, less than $100 a month for two consoles. Actually, that's three, unless my math is incredibly bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's still less than 100 though. Yeah, so, I think yeah. Fogel drank more than Jez did last night. Yeah, he so. yeah. Right underneath <laughs> it. Right underneath it, he said three consoles. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Let's be there fair. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly it. And I, I think it also has a big play uh, in the secondary market, right? By secondary, I mean, like, I'll have the Series X down here in my theater room, but I'll have a Series S upstairs, or my son will have a Series S or my wife, or, you know, someone who's usually a PlayStation-only gamer or Switch-only gamer is now like, hey, I can get Series S with Game Pass and not have to buy anything else for two years for two, 25 bucks a month. Well, like, why not? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, let, me, let me ask, Jez, I'm always curious to what people think about. I've always, I, I've been saying lately that 
it would benefit Sony going to their Game Pass model, just based on what I've seen as far as, you know, they're, they're, people are still buying these games in Game Pass, updating right? Updating PS Now, you mean, right? Updating, yeah, updating PS Now to where you roll it into PSN Plus or whatever, and then you go day and date with these games. Would that, do you think, would, would that benefit Sony? Or do you think, I mean, aside from the crazy people that would just completely leave and then have literally nothing to play on at that point except for Candy Crush, because they can't play on a <laughs> console anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, would it would it benefit Sony now? And do you see that? If not right now, do you see that maybe in the long run, in the long term? Well, I said on the podcast yesterday that maybe Jim Ryan's right and it wouldn't benefit them. But I've thought about it more since yesterday, and <laughs> I think like I was dumb to have said that because clearly Microsoft has a ton of data that shows game pass and improving access to your games on a subscription-based model actually increases the retail sales of games as well mm-hmm. and it not only that but it, it makes people feel more invested in your ecosystem and makes them feel more inclined to spend they feel like xbox is sort of i don't want to say part of them but they feel like they almost feel like connected to Xbox in a in a more fair. Uh, that's not the wrong word. See, this some this is what happens when you're hungover. <laughs> I, feel, I feel more connected to Xbox in a sort of more tangible sort of way, and because of that, they they it's they have shown in their in their research that people are more willing to spend on microtransactions. They're willing to spend more on games. They're willing to spend more time in games, and because of that sort of lock-in and that sort of faith that you're putting into the system people are more willing to spend money and evangelize the service and also stream games based on the service and you know grounded blew up because of game pass sea of thieves blew up initially because of game pass and then even though it's in game pass became the top selling game on steam you know, so like the fact that it had the fact that a huge part of the market who would never have bought it otherwise, they were able to play it with Game Pass. You're advertising that game to people who don't want to subscribe to a subscription service, and those people will um, those people will go out and buy it outright, and which is which we've seen happen on Steam yep. repeatedly. So um, there's certainly an argument to suggest that if Sony did put God of War and The Last of Us and all that stuff into PlayStation PS Plus or whatever they're calling it, yeah. um, that it would it would drive engagement and it would drive sales and it would drive virality of their products. But it's also like, you know, you can never fully predict these things. And I guess there's some, there's some fear, I guess, among Sony that they're probably thinking, well, maybe it wouldn't help and stuff like that. Right. But at this point, I'm kind of thinking like, because they put God of War into PlayStation now mm-hmm. for like a couple of months. Yep. And I tried it on PlayStation now um, when, it, when it was in there. And I was surprised actually how, how good the service was. Like it wasn't, the latency wasn't as good as xCloud or Stadia, but God of War was totally playable on PC with a controller through PlayStation now, but he was only there for a couple of months. And I was just thinking like, why put it there for a couple of months and then take it away? 
you've just devalued your own service. Not only have you devalued your service, you've made me think like, well, there's no point looking into this service because you're not serious about it, you know? Yeah. Whereas Microsoft is this sort of consistent message that all of its games, all of them, will be day and day in Game Pass permanently, with the exception of maybe Forza because of licensed cars. You know, like they're like when the licenses expire and some of those cars, I think some of the older Forza games get pulled out. Oh, um, okay. um, like the because people often ask me, why is it Forza Horizon 2? Yeah, is it in Game Pass? It's because of those the car license deals, there was never a deal in place for streaming service, but um, but everything else, you know, it's going to be in Game Pass so. That's a promise that Microsoft has made that Sony hasn't made, which, you know, I think Sony, it would benefit Sony to put their games into PlayStation Plus or whatever they're calling it. Well, and to your point, the, the data, you know, proves that out, right? I mean, you're talking about PS Now has been uh, a service since, what, 2013, 2012, something like that? And um, they're still, you know, they just reported a few weeks ago they're only at 2.2 million subscribers. Well, there's it's just because there's not enough there to get people you know you have a bigger console base you have a bigger audience and yet you're still only at two million subscribers on your service seven years into its uh life um now, now well you, you know what, what you guys were saying you know what about the type of games though you know what i mean you said grounded sea of thieves these are all games that are you know you know like a game as a service where you look at playstation games they're more single player focused they're you know kind of a one-time deal there's not a whole lot of replay replayability value there, I think. I mean, maybe there is, you know, for some people, you know, you're trying to get the platinum or whatever. Do you think those, the types of games will matter that come onto these services? Because if Sony just put all their first party stuff on there, you basically would have nine to 10 story-driven narrative games. There's yep. really not a whole lot that can, you know, if, if you're looking as a service and these service games, there's really not anything there. Would that make a difference? Is what I'm asking. Don't know. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, I think one of Jez's points there was it still makes the service enticing, right? So, if to sure. his oh point, yeah, for sure. If if you know is if it? you're confident that Sony's going to put those games there and keep them there, not just remove them whenever right. they feel, um, then you're investing in the service for long term, right? Because then you're like, I'm going to get to play any of these future games that I know are probably going to be high quality games. Um, that would be my thought anyway. But right now, there's no reason to do that. Um, they're because you they're just too inconsistent with what they put on the service. Yeah, yeah and the, the PlayStation now libraries it stands this very minute is garbage. It's like awful. Like I look at that. I look at that library they've got there for for streaming and most of the games aren't viable streaming games, given their latency and the rest are just bad. So, like, you, you can really elevate that service by putting God of War in there or The Last of Us in there and stuff like that and advertising it to markets that maybe aren't necessarily console-oriented, which is what Microsoft's going to do with xCloud. You'll see xCloud blow up in un, unfamiliar territory like India or yes. West Africa or China and where gamers are more, like, mobile-oriented. Like, and... Maybe the network infrastructure is not in place today to have a truly great experience for a 3D game, but it's certainly good enough to play like a lot of the 2D games and like Bloodstained and and uh, you know 
so the turn-based games like uh, Battle Chasers, Night War, and stuff like that, are Gears Tactics when that hits the service. Like there's, it just it just bugs me that <laughs> Sony wouldn't invest in their own services like that. Yeah, because yeah. it's well, that I... inconsistency that pulls me away from PlayStation, pulls me towards Xbox. Like we don't even really know. The truth about PlayStation 5's backwards compatibility yet. They've the, all they've said is like PlayStation 4 games can work on PlayStation 5. We don't have a list. We don't have a we don't have such a strong commitment like Microsoft. Microsoft's literally putting it in its marketing and shouting it from the rooftops. Thousands of games can work, will work day one on Xbox Series S and X. Sony's not saying that for some reason. And be when you look at like Jim Ryan's recent comments about believing in generations and then oh, no, we, yeah, no, we don't yeah. believe in generations. It creates this sort of inconsistency that makes me like wonder like what can you believe them on and what can't you believe them on? Whereas Xbox has been super transparent, super upfront about basically everything since 2013, because when they weren't, they got slapped hard for it. And now they've got PTSD of being inconsistent <laughs> and untruthful, which is good for us as yeah. consumers. But um, maybe not so good on the marketing because, as we've seen, Sony seems to be able to get away with saying things and then doing something else. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's true. That's what you're going to get into next. And to your point, there's a guy, I actually brought these over. So, you know, this was the tune in, what, April was it? It was March, April, May, something like that. We believe in generations. Uh, the, the the real phrase here that annoys me, to your point, Jez, is right at the end, is we're thinking it's time to give PlayStation community something new, different, that can really only be enjoyed on PS5. And this, of course, came right after we saw Miles Morales for the first time, right? Which they only showed the retail box for PS5. It was never, never even a thought that this was a PS4 game as well. Um, and then here's two quotes. This is directly from PlayStation blog this week that we got after the show. Um, additionally, you know, this was the original call out. We know the PS4 community will transition to PS5 at different times. We're happy to announce Miles Morales, Sackboy, and Horizon Forbidden West will be on the PS4 as well. Um, and then when he was questioned about this, his quote was, no one should be disappointed. PS5 versions of these games are built from the ground up to take advantage of the PS5 feature set. That's bullshit, by the way. And we have an upgrade path for PS4 users to get the PS5 versions for free. It's about, this is the funniest part to me. It's about people having choice. I'm really pleased about the situation. So this is exactly what you were just speaking to, is that the entire thing from the start of marketing, once we started to really see the Series X and PS5 on the Xbox side, was choice putting uh, players at the center, letting them choose whether to buy the new console, whether to upgrade right away, whether they wanted to buy the new controller or not. Everything is the player's choice. And they got, you know, by some people, right? Some journalists and what really took them to hand and saying, well, I'm glad PlayStation is having generations. I'm glad everything's new. I'm glad they're not focused on old hardware <clears throat> or old controllers. Um, and then out of nowhere this week, PlayStation pretty much does a 180 on all this stuff, which they didn't just plan, right? They knew this all along um, because you don't plan these things a week in advance. You have to design for this well in advance. Um, and I just, to your point, I think it's 
calling out the dishonesty is is I think necessary to say you got to stop this. I mean, PlayStation's always kind of been shifty with their marketing. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, but uh, it, it was kind of amazing this week to see it all fall apart um, with everything they had sent for the past five, six months. They're great at making the media dance. And it's like, true. I don't, I don't know if this is like because I don't cover PlayStation. I don't have an uh, I don't have a relationship with Sony PR, but I don't know if like they do the Apple thing where like if you criticize Apple, they will cut you off. They will cut your blog off. If you're an influencer and you criticize Apple, they will cut you off. Which is why very rarely YouTubers will criticize Apple because they want they don't want to be cut off from review units and review programs and stuff like that. Um, so Apple. Apple reviews tend to have this have this weird soft softly softly approach unless you're Linus Tech Tips who doesn't give a fuck he will <laughs> he will take Apple to task cuz he doesn't care but a lot of these other people they they just won't and uh, oftentimes I do cynically wonder if that's the case with Sony as well but you know that's neither here nor there but it is <laughs> and you can talk about Apple <laughs> yeah. here we're not going to get cut no. off Nope. <laughs> but, it, it, but that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of apple's reality distortion field it, it's matrix-esque you know oh. the way the way okay. jim ryan is um well, we have a we have an image for that this week you know this, oh, this, wow. this, this, there you, this, go. you know oh, you dumbass. <laughs> oh man but no it, it felt like that right it, it's so strange how it just feels anyone who has lived through the past multiple generations, which we obviously all have, right? When you think of when the PlayStation three came out with Ken Kutaragi and, and everything that happened with that after the PS two generation, and then everything in 2013 with the Xbox one generation. And it just feels like for better or for worse or whatever it is, we don't know if it'll have any impact, but it just feels like this week has been one of those weeks for PlayStation where it's like, what, what the hell is going on? You know, yeah. like, you guys are all over the place. I'm wondering how far they can push it. You know, I think that they they probably are wondering the same thing. They're like, let's see what we can do. You know, they're and, trying and to technically, yeah, they're, yeah. Don't get penisy. That's what I would say. Yeah, you know, but it's it's you can only push so much. Even you know, even when you start when you start seeing your fans, like man, that was not cool. You know, then you know you start you're starting to have problems. At the same time. I think a lot of their fans, you know, based on what they've given them up until this point with the last generation are probably a little bit more lenient, you know, and they're probably able to forgive a little bit more, but you know, that's just fanboyism is basically what it is. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm more of the mindset where can I still play it on my PS five? Yes. Cool. I don't care. Do what you're going to do. You know, if you're gonna lie, you know, lie. I mean, that that's just what companies generally do. Now, Xbox has been far more upfront. Um, I would say their messaging was mixed this year. I mean, just because it's it's I think it's mostly COVID. And I think it's just been it's been such a weird, weird launch to next gen. You know, nothing like I've ever seen before. But I'm happy with what they're giving me. I'm happy with what Sony's giving me, assuming I get something. You know, <laughs> pre-order debacle. You know, yeah, we'll see what happens. But you know, I, I'm just of that mindset where it, it's just gonna. Companies are gonna do this. You, you have to kind of call them out for it. 
you know, and, and, and give them a little bit of your, you know, give them a little peace of mind. But it, it, at the same time, you know, personally, I'm, you know, I've always said I'm always out for myself. You know, I'm very, very selfish. I don't necessarily care about other consumers. I, I literally can't care about other consumers. Sorry, chat. It's just, I'm just worried about me. Can I get, get what I need? Out, Dan. Get that shovel out. I don't give a crap. You know, nobody else is buying me a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. What the hell do I care about what they think? I mean, I don't. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll call them out. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, just, just give us what we want. I'm tired of waiting at this point. Like, November is so far away, it seems like. You know, it's driving me crazy. I just want to play some new games on my new consoles, you know, and, and see what it's all about. You know, that's that's all I want. That's all I want. So we can do whatever the hell they want. They want to make a 180, whatever. I don't care. I'm still going to be able to play it. That's all that matters in the end to me. For you personally, yeah. Yeah. But we'll have to see if this impacts, you know, sales, market, whatever. We'll see if it impacts anything. I mean, according to the pre orders i don't think that's gonna happen yeah, but yeah. You, yeah you don't know what the supply is that's important. yeah we so, have no idea yeah so but anyway um so jez do you typically like you just commented on you know your thoughts on playstation changing their tune like we're talking about do you typically buy all these consoles on day one or you primarily play on just pc xbox what, what do you where are you at on these sony lost me ps3 Okay. Um, I had a PS1. I've still got all my PS1 and PS2 games, even now. My PS2 still works. My PlayStation 1 is... It's, you know, you remember cassettes, music cassettes? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and they, they, they'd come with those little stickers you put on them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my PlayStation 1 is covered in those stickers <laughs> from cassettes for some reason. Like, it's, it's, it's wrecked, but it works. And it's covered in spaghetti stains as well, and it, it, it still works. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and um, it still works, and all my discs still work and stuff like that. And but when the PlayStation Three came out and it was like significantly more expensive, I just thought Sony was having a laugh. You know, I was just like, "Are they? Are they for real?" I can't even remember how expensive it was. I just remember thinking, "That's like that's money adults have." You know, <laughs> I, I that's like that's a console for adults, and I think that was my mentality. It's like. Adults care about Blu-ray. Adults care about all that stuff. And I was like, well, I don't care. I'll just get an Xbox 360 arcade. And um, since then, they just completely lost me. I think my brother actually got a PlayStation 3 at some point for some for some game. I can't remember what it was. Um, so I ended up, did I did buy some PlayStation 3 games. I bought uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. A hu- yeah, I was a huge yeah. Metal Gear Solid fan as well. Yeah. Until Konami... <laughs> did the Konami thing, um, so I love I love Metal Gear Solid Four. Like I know uh, some Metal Gear Solid fans don't like it, but I thought it was great. I thought um, it was good personally. Yeah, I, it was it was a pretty amazing game. Um, actually, I think that might be the only game I bought for PlayStation Three. <laughs> uh, thinking about it, but and then I just remember seeing all these issues that PlayStation Three had. Like for example, I was a big Fallout Three fan. Yeah. Fallout 3 was broken on PlayStation yeah. 3. So Skyrim. Which, yeah, Skyrim 2. And it gave me this perception that Sony didn't know how to make hardware anymore kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, but the thing is, I was also one of the, f- I was an early adopter of digital games. Hmm. And um, 
so when Microsoft started doing the digital game stuff, I was kind of like, I was, I jumped right on that, which was like, it was weird, I think, but I was just like, man, that's cool. I don't even have to get out of bed to change what game I'm playing. <laughs> don't have to change the disc. Damn, just literally that's right. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. And then I thought like when the PlayStation 4 rolled around and that whole sort of 2013 debacle happened and Microsoft were like, yeah, we want to we want to make it so your licenses roam to different consoles because I was I'd been into digital games already. I got what they were going for and I was kind of like, yes, that's a cool idea. I can go to my friend's house and have all my games just load them up magically. I don't need the disc and stuff like that. But I can still collect the discs too because I used to collect the I used to collect game stuff. I don't anymore, but um, I used to. Um, but I, I like that. But then I saw like the whole internet explode into this weird outrage, and it was the first time I sort of felt this bandwagon effect. Like I saw like YouTubers were like, "Oh, we got to jump on that. That's the latest outrage. Mm-hmm. Let's clickbait the hell out of that." And that's when I sort of like I almost became hardened towards. Um, wanting to see what the real reason behind things were on the internet because I saw this bandwagon effect. So, um, I mean, there, there was a really long way of just saying, no, I don't buy all consoles every cycle. And uh, I don't plan on buying a PlayStation 5 because I Sony haven't explained what the backwards compatibility situation is. And I do own some PS4 games easily. I own God of War, The Last of Us, and a few other games. Am I going to get those digitally backwards compatible on PlayStation 5? I don't know. Are they going to make me pay for PSN? I don't know. I literally don't know. And I don't nope. trust them. So I'm like, I'm in a wait and see holding pattern right now. And um, and frankly, I just won't have time for two consoles. Well, three consoles. And I got my Nintendo Switch, which is my Monster Hunter machine for 2021. <laughs> and I got my PC, which is my game pass pc machine and world of warcraft machine and i'll have my xbox and then at that point there's just literally there's barely any time in my life for those consoles so it's just like the playstation 5 is the least appealing to me and it looks awful (laughs) (laughs) that is true it looks awful you don't need a new table i don't i don't want that thing in my room (laughs) I'm pretty, I'm pretty particular about, you know, my room looks nice. It has nice stuff in it. I don't want that thing in my room. Like, if they released a black one, maybe. But it just looks like a ruin. Yeah. It looks awful, man. It's so bad. It is. It's yeah, I, it morning, I think it was, Like, if you look at it dead on, like, you know, just the black with the two outlines, I'm like, it's not bad. But any other angle, it's just a mess. If, no. it, if it was smaller and more like um compact like i wouldn't mind the design so much but it it like it it like it commands a presence and it's like i'm proud of how hideous i am and if someone if someone came into my room and saw that i'd be almost embarrassed you know so <laughs> oh man <laughs> oh man it doesn't matter what the consoles look like at the end of that i could just stick it under the desk or something but yeah. it's it is just it's the least appealing to me because of how inconsistent sony is with its backwards compatibility messaging and, and stuff like that even though i do love the games they're making you know yeah yep. um, yeah understood. 
No, I agree. So let me, Mo, what's up, dude? He said, uh, welcome, Jez, and uh, fuck the two haters who gave thumbs down on the video. Uh, yeah, screw them. That's all we got is two? Yeah, no, right come on, guys. <laughs> Rookie numbers. Yeah, um, garbage. But thanks, Mo. Uh, no, I'm with you. In fact, I said last week, and, you know, it, it's funny because Dan and I were talking last week. There's so many things we don't truly know about the PS5. Yeah. And, you know, Dan, Dan and I were talking about, okay, so what do you expect this show to be on Thursday? And, um, you know, I often make predictions that are nonsense, but in, on this one, I kind of nailed it. It's like, you're going to get games, you're going to get um, the price and date, um, and then you're going to get a tease for a game that they're not going to show anything of. And that's exactly what we got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it worked, of course, like we said, right? Um, directly afterwards on Twitter, all you heard of was God of War. And it's like, okay, yeah, trust me, I love God of War. One of my favorite games of the generation, but we got a logo. I mean, let's, we know the game's coming. Showing me a logo doesn't do anything for me. Um, I was, but, I was shocked at the 2021 though. That, oh, that, raises, be... that raises a whole bunch of other questions. Yeah. I don't know what the hell's happening there. Now I'm looking at it as a, if it's truly 2021, I, you know, who knows? But now I'm looking at it as a Miles Morales type game. Yeah. Um, is this PS4 as well? Is it an offshoot, you know, rather than a full kind of big budget? sequel like we expected the game to be who knows that's a whole nother thing but to your point right we don't know the full detail and backwards compatibility we don't know what's required no everyone's asking about storage because mm-hmm. it only has an 825 gigabyte hard drive and they don't have a, a first party option at launch to expand it um they haven't talked about how you even do that really mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't seem- yeah there's a lot of people like um i noticed that the the chinese equivalent of the fcc posted the uh pictures of the playstation 5 going through their customs and people are trying to work out where you slot the expansion driver where you change the expansion drive and yeah. no one can work it out and no, these are the details sony should tell people Correct. these consoles are available to pre-order now and we still don't know these sorts of basic details yep. so it's like what are they afraid of hiding you know well, I think they're afraid of the fact that there's not going to be a way to upgrade your storage at launch. Yeah, but they've said there is. That's not a story yeah. they want to tell. Yeah, they said there was, though. I mean, that's that's literally what they said. They said there's an expansion slot for a NVMe SSD. I don't see it, and maybe it's hidden, <laughs> but, you know, that's what they said. But, they, but they, then again, they also said, you know, there's going to be PS5 games only, so who the hell knows? Yeah. You know, I mean... Well, I, th- I, I think this goes to show, right? We're guys who are literally, Jez is, you know, working in the industry. We cover the industry. We talk about this stuff day in, day out, and we don't have the answers. No. It shouldn't no be that way. I mean, that's yeah. proving the point right there. Really, the only thing that I'm waiting on for Xbox is how much are those expansions going to be for them? That's literally the only question I have for the X. That is yeah. it. And I, I, I still have no idea. I didn't know it's going to be pricey. Yeah. But we'll see what happens with those. Anyway, um, <clears throat> let's talk about real quick. Let's talk about uh, kind of launch lineups and in games going into 2021. So, you know, Jez, I don't know your thoughts here, but we were talking about both between PS5 and Xbox. And PS5's gotten a little better, I would say, now that we know Demon Souls is is launch, which to me, I'm super excited about. I'm a big Souls guy. So that that's literally the reason I'm buying a PS5 is pretty much Demon Souls. Um but on the Xbox side, you know, we've seen uh, we've got confirmation, of course, that Gears Tactics is now uh, day and date with launch. And we've seen these third party deals um, with Valhalla moving up to the 10th now. 
and getting a Series X update on the 10th. And we've seen um, uh, Watch Dogs as well. The partnership with Ubisoft seems to be pretty strong there, getting its uh, Series X update on launch as well. But for the most part, I mean, if you really take a step back and, you know, maybe there's some smaller titles where you have to see, but the launch lineups in terms of first party in particular are pretty thin here. Um, what's your opinion yeah. on where Xbox does going into 2021, right? Um, we know of Halo, of course, but I mean, you've got other studios that really haven't shown their hand yet. Um, anything you want to say on that? It's, uh, it's almost lucky in a sort of twisted way that we've got, a lockdown coming up and Microsoft can basically guarantee that the Xbox will sell out this year, despite Halo Infinite being delayed. Yeah. Um, so luckily for Microsoft, they got, they're going to, they're going to get away with it because honestly the launch lineup for the Xbox series X is anemic to say, to be kind about it. There are some cool games that I want to check out like the medium and Falconeer and stuff like yes. that. Um, and I've actually played Falconeer. Uh, on oh, PC. Nice. How was yeah. it? um it's pretty great if you've um if you if you like games like star fox and stuff like that yeah uh, we've got a we've got a preview up exclusively on windows central gaming youtube channel quick there you go. check it out after the stream but you know it's uh falcon is pretty cool but these aren't like the blockbuster kind of games that you would typically launch a console with frankly at least playstation 5 has um demon souls presumably if they're telling the truth you just don't know we don't know uh, so, <laughs> uh, presumably they have De demon souls and spider-man which looks great if you're into that sort of thing um demon souls is you know looks incredible and that's the kind of game i would love to play on xbox um so that's the kind of game that would pull me to playstation um but luckily for Microsoft, they, they can get away with it in 2020. When 2021, things are going to be different. They can't get away with it so much in 2021, which is why hopefully Halo Infinite will launch in that period where the consoles stop selling out straight away and people are starting to think a little bit more about which console they want to buy. Yep. Halo Infinite needs to launch soon, maybe in spring or early what I said before as well. summer. Yep. And it needs to be good. It needs to not look like a Lego game because right now <laughs> it looks like a bloody Lego game. And, um, yes, yes, there's no need to be upset. Oh, man. <laughs> it looks like a Lego game. <laughs> uh, he's not wrong. You don't launch your flagship IP looking like a Lego game, man. You just don't do it. Nope. So God knows what they're going to do to try and salvage that. You know, um, they managed to do it for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, so who knows? Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, I suppose they can't sacrifice Craig now. I think, like, even if they make all of the brutes look good in the game, there'll be one special brute called Craig. Craig that looks yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matthews says, oh, Mega Bloks game. We did a show uh, after that week when, you know, the Xbox, and, and man, we have just Craig, Craig things everywhere. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, that was Jed watching uh, Halo Infinite, I suppose. But, <laughs> and this, of course, you know, got to get him out of here. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, but you're, but you're right. It, it has to be. I think we will see it in spring, um, even though the 20th anniversary of Halo CE is in fall. I know a lot of people have speculated, well, maybe they push it a whole year. And personally, they could, but I, I don't think so. I think they need to launch it in spring. 
um, and then build that kind of foundation with that AAA game into fall. And they should obviously have other first party games that are coming in fall next year. Yeah. Hey, just real quick, Sony has apologized for the debacle what? of the pre-orders, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> they literally just tweeted something out, and or maybe I think it was 30 minutes ago or so. So there's that. Sorry. They said they're sorry. But we got more coming is what they said. So Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, we've talked about that, right? Supply, if yeah. they're not lying, we, we keep joking about that. But if they're being truthful about the supply that they're going to have of PS5, yeah. I think Xbox is in a similar position. The the, the PS5, they're going to have um, 4 million more than they had PS4s at launch, which in theory should be plenty um, yeah, this, this, if they're uh, not lying and if they're distributed correctly, correctly by market. Um, yeah. This knows? is hilarious. So it says, let's be honest. PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share more details, and more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. So, yeah. good for people that haven't weren't able to, you know, snag one. You know, and if assuming, hopefully, they just send a whole bunch to Amazon. So I am guaranteed to get one. Let's do that first, people. I've got yeah. that on hold. We'll see what happens. But uh, hopefully, again, uh, assuming that's right, you know, like they're saying, there's going to be more. So just calm down, right? Yeah. People paying eBay auctions for 1200 bucks. You don't need to do that. Just have a little patience. That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, Dan, anything on uh, Xbox kind of lineup launch or ongoing into 2021? Yeah, I mean, I, that's... I, I, going into 2021, I'm a little more excited. I want to see what they have coming. Um, at launch, it doesn't look like there's a ton for me personally. Um, and really, for Sony, it's it's basically Spider-Man. You know, I mean, short of that, there's not sure, a whole lot. Spider-Man's not there for you. There's there's really yeah, nothing. nothing. Yeah. I got, you know, you say that, but then we've got Valhalla, we've got Cyberpunk. You know, Depends on where you're playing your third-party games, yeah. At that point, it doesn't matter. To me, I mean, I don't know what the difference is going to be on a game, say, like Cyberpunk or Valhalla, you know, is is the PlayStation going to be about the same as the Series X? I have no idea. I mean, I'm guessing it's not, you know, for me, my, I'm 45 years old, man. I can't see a foot in front of me, let alone, you know, looking at my stupid 4K TV. I can't tell the difference at the same time. So, you know. It's not. It's never been about like a power thing for me. It's always been about where can I play my games, and I can play them anywhere I want. I got them both coming. Well, one coming for sure, and then hopefully Tuesday, the other one. But it's. I am looking forward. You know, down the line. I mean, about has got me super excited. Um, as far as Xbox goes, um, God of War for the PlayStation Two, obviously. Um, but as of right now, it's basically Spider Man, and then the third party games. So. <laughs> Whatever you know, bring it on. And, and Gears back too. We didn't. We didn't touch on it. But it's gonna be curious to see. We, we didn't yeah, touch on it today. But no, uh, uh, these guys with Anthem. I'm letting them go. I'm letting them go. Um, uh, Spider Man. Um, you know, we've talked about it, right? And one of the things we didn't mention, I forgot to mention, with the pricing uh, that Jess brought up was around seventy dollars games in U.S. You know, first party, 
And yet here we are, you know, they keep saying Spider-Man's a full and complete game and yet they're pricing it as fit at $49.99. So if it's yeah. a full first party game, then why is it $20 cheaper than your other first party games? I don't know. I'm so, going to play it. Oh, I know. I, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to laugh when I get the message from you that you beat it in one night and you're going to be like, it was awesome. But uh, yeah. That's because I have zero life and zero responsibility. <laughs> that's, that's really more of an indictment on my social life. <laughs> Hassan. We've talked about this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I told you, Jazz, man, we can't get away from Anthem. Dude, <laughs> um, all right. So let's uh, anything else, guys. I, I do want to touch on Cyberpunk, and I know we're getting on in terms of time here. Um, anything else on you want to call out on Series X, S, or PS5? Please pre-order be good. Call out. Uh, I don't know. I think for me, Personally, I really want to know what the backwards compatibility situation is for real on PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. um, for Xbox, show us some bloody gameplay, will you please? You know, I'm sick of all these CGI trailers. I was so sure we'd see Hellblade gameplay this summer, and mm -hmm. we still only have that sort of pre-rendered stuff and tease pictures from their mocap studio and stuff like that. I mean, some of the, the fact that they're doing CGI for State of Decay and stuff like that kind of makes me worry that these are games that we're not going to see for years and yep. they'll get delayed and delayed because of COVID and stuff. So, I mean, COVID is what it is and and stuff like that. But, man, I just I don't even care if it's janky or beta or alpha gameplay. Just show us something. I don't mm -hmm. I don't care. Just, like, let us see what these how these games play like. You know, let us be excited about it. I'd rather see, like, the t did you see the tease they did for Dragon Age 4 recently? Yeah. Which was basically just animation skeletons and yeah. a few brief glimpses of scenery and concept art. Yes. I would just, that would be enough for me <laughs> for now. Something yep. like that. You know, just give us, give us something to go on. Because right now we don't really have much. Um, so that's that's my rant for Xbox, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I mean, we, we joke about it. it. We're seven weeks from launch, less than now. Um, it, it shouldn't be. We shouldn't have these types of questions where we're like, "Well, what do the games look like? How, how am I going to play my PS4 games?" We shouldn't have those types of questions. It's ridiculous to me. Mm -hmm. um, we had a question from uh, Spitfire Spud. What's up, man? Game shown a PF PS5 showcase on the 16th. Do you think any of them will be delayed? Um, so as you know, a few of those already have been delayed, right? Like death loop was supposed to be a launch title for the PS five. That's delayed now. Um, Spider-Man, I think will hit demon souls. They confirmed those games are hitting. Um, we didn't get any release date for final fantasy. For all we know, that game could be a ways out. Um, I'm trying to think what else was shown. Call of duty is obviously going to launch when call of duty launches. Um, there wasn't a whole lot else shown. They only showed 11 games. Yeah. So I think the ones that we know are going to launch are going to launch. I don't see any new delays of those personally. Is that what May Cry coming out at launch? The updated yeah. version? Yeah. In fact, they launched the special edition. Yeah. They said that's going to be there on the 10th for Xbox. Gotcha. Um, yep. So anyway, um, real quick, let's touch on Cyberpunk because Jez, I haven't talked to you about this, but uh, if it goes without saying, I'm kind of a big fan of Cyberpunk. Uh, it's one, and I think, fair to say, Dan and I both are most anticipated game of the year. Um, I think Witcher 3 is, you know, generationally one of the greatest games ever made. Um, so I'm super, super pumped. We got the new Night City Wire yesterday, episode three. 
And they went into Night City, right? They went into the world building and what we're going to experience in the city. And I, I left that presentation just kind of blown away because when I think about like game worlds, right? I think about probably GTA Five uh, up there with Red Dead Two and Witcher Three as being like the the pinnacle of game world design right now. And I it definitely looks like Cyberpunk is going to be up there, if not above it, above them. Excuse me. So, are you um, are you big into this? You looking forward to Cyberpunk? Do you did you watch Night City Wire yesterday? Actually, like I'm I love CD Projekt Red. Like The Witcher Three is just incredible. It's probably my game of the gen when you discount Monsanto. Monsters um, <laughs> in my game of the gen because of multiplayer, like having that experience with like friends and family is just it's unbeatable, you know. But like, if it wasn't for the multiplayer aspect of Monster Hunter, if Monster Hunter was a single player game, for example, The Witcher 3 would have been my game of the gen um, easily. So I am incredibly excited for Cyberpunk. But what I often do when I know I'm going to play a game and I'm going to be excited for it, I kind of try to avoid anything about it so I can go in as blind as possible. Yep. So that's kind of the mode I'm in right now with Cyberpunk. I'll probably break and watch the latest episode of, of uh, you know, what is it, Night City Wire or whatever. I, yeah. I watched the previous two eventually in the end anyway, or just watched maybe the trailers or something. But I'm pretty excited for that game. I think it's going to be really special, especially as someone who was kind of disappointed by Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Mm. I kind of like that whole Cyberpunk thing, and Square Enix totally dropped the ball on that. Gotcha. So, yeah, if you watch, if you haven't watched yesterday's episode, um, they they showed a lot of the city, like I said, Night City and that development and how you'll explore and the gangs that you'll meet. And um, it's just it's mind boggling, man. It really is. Man, I'm hyped. Yeah, I'm going to lose my going to lose my job if I'm not careful to that game. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, anything new that came out yesterday? Oh, I mean, it, it, it... Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go for it, man. I mean, I, I got to power through Valhalla, do the review, because, I mean, nine days, man. I don't know if that's even going to be a thing. We're yeah. going to try, because as soon as Cyberpunk comes out, everything goes to shit. Well, and the problem is I'm doing the Cyberpunk review, and you know how slow I play these big games, so I'm like... No, it's not going to hit until, like, February. <laughs> <laughs> I do I want to do a playthrough just for the review, and then, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, anyway. Let's uh let's jump over. I, I don't know if we want to do grinding gear. So Jazz, every week we do a, a quick segment now where we basically just rant. So anything that's top of mind, um, that's pissing you off in the industry, um, you can feel free to to let loose here. Dan, I don't know if you came in. I didn't come into this episode with anything on my mind, honestly. The only thing I got is uh, fuck you Walmart for fucking up the pre order. I think I blame you from the the. <laughs> Till the day I die, it's going to be Walmart's fault. You're already a cesspool of disgustingness and just gross humanity. I hate you. I'm never shopping there ever Except again. Except the nine PS5s you have pre-ordered. Yeah, for the 15 PS5s I have to pick up from you. Um, I might have to switch that, but you can go kiss my ass. You're a terrible, terrible company, um, and Fair. you're just horrible. Thanks. <laughs> Jez, you got anything you want to get off your chest? Man, I want to rant about Let's fucking go. Nintendo <laughs> selling an N64 game for 60 fucking dollars, and they couldn't even be bothered to make it widescreen? Yep. Are they high? I mean, <laughs> the All-Stars collection it was a joke to start with because of the whole it's limited edition, even though it's digital. 
to artificially inflate desire and fear of missing out, psychologically manipulating children because they don't print enough money, apparently. <laughs> fuck them for that. But fuck them even harder for the shit quality of that port which is one of the weakest, <laughs> most laziest collections of games that EA and Activision wouldn't even get away with. So, I, yeah. I, I heard there was no inverted option either. There isn't. No, Burger made that too. I, I, mean, I, couldn't, I couldn't even play it if I wanted to. I didn't buy it for the reasons Jez is ranting about. I didn't buy it. But even if I wanted to, I couldn't play it. And, and welcome to the, about the 10 new people who just joined the show right when Jez... Uh, got on the grant, so <laughs> you came in at a good time. Um, no, I agree with you. Uh, I know we're laughing, but it is it is pretty despicable, to be honest with you. When we heard, I, I honestly hate that I give Nintendo money because they treat <laughs> their fans like garbage. They frankly. do, and so, and I'm part of the problem because I give them money. So, honestly, we probably say that every week on this show. Every week, we're like, Nintendo's making more money, we keep giving them money, and yet we complain about them every week. As soon as like a Metroid Prime trilogy comes out, I'm screwed. I'm going to come on here for my rant, and I'm going to be like, I just bought the damn son of a bitch. It's fantastic and terrible at the same time. But I'm, I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm going to continue to hate Nintendo until, well, forever. But it's like a love-hate relationship. I'm, I mean, I, I'm actually proud of myself I didn't buy this. Um, because yeah. I love these, these three games. I mean, they're fantastic. And Sunshine, I love. Um, but when I saw what they were doing with them, to Jez's point, the first thing that pissed me off was the limited availability. Like, come on. Yeah. You're making a 25-year-old port limited? Like, stop it. Second <laughs> of all, you're then going to charge $60 for it. And then la worst of all, which we just saw, maybe worst of all, I don't know, it's all bad. Um, to your point, they didn't touch these games. They load up on the Switch. It looks like you're playing on a CRT TV. It's unbelievable. You're the best. Um, by the way, they broke records last month for both revenue profits and switch sales. <laughs> it's like wrapping up a giant rubber fist with a bow on it. That's basically what <laughs> Nintendo is. <at> this <laughs> That's all they are. And we take it every single time. Just say, hey, give me the lube. Just bring I it think over. If I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure, sure I saw the analysts um, say that the month they had in August was highest revenue more higher revenue and more switches sold units sold than the uh best month that the we ever saw oh we need to stop talking about these bastards dude, dude, i mean think about that for a second that's mind-boggling because the, the Wii was a sales sensation mm -hmm. um it's crazy so anyway damn it Jez, look you got us all started mm. <laughs> Oh man! All right. So, uh, real quick, uh, just touch on a few things here. Anything that, um, anything you guys want to talk about currently playing that's kind of surprising or new? I know, Jez, you said you got the Falconeer uh, kind of exclusive thing up on Windows Central, which is cool. I'm going to check that out after the show because um, I'm really interested yeah. in that game. But um, anything else that uh, you know you've been playing or checking out that's uh, of interest? I um, I've been playing uh, Star Renegades on Xbox Game Pass for PC. And it's coming to Xbox consoles as well in the near future. It's based. Have you ever played Darkest Dungeon? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of like a roguelike roguelite in that sort of context, turn-based combat, but it's got like sci-fi elements. And basically, you're dying over and over again to stop a invasion of trans-dimensional 
cyborgs taking over the galaxy but you've got this you've got this little robot who can basically take you to a parallel universe where the invasions only just begun over and over again with more intel so like that's how you get stronger and stronger and stronger but the cool thing about it is the combat system it's like a turn-based combat system with uh different heroes it's side scrolling with sort of um formations similar like when i first saw it i thought oh that looks like final fantasy 6 kind of but it has like a 3d lighting plane as well so the the it's even though it's 2d the attacks look really spectacular and they throw off all these cool line effects and stuff like that and uh the combat system is incredibly addictive like the animations are great they feel good they've like elevated the idea of a turn-based combat for me and uh it's uh, it's in game pass and it's it's addictive as hell and it's an ideal game for x cloud and i can't wait for it to come to the xbox console as well it's just a really neat game you can play it in really short bursts just jump on have a quick do a yeah. quick turn-based battle and then jump off because you you go through battle after battle after battle battling through like eight i uh, know uh, four planetary invasions to the end boss getting stronger as you go so um definitely check out star renegades i, I want to write about it but i'm just so damn busy so instead of writing about it i'm just evangelizing it on podcasts right now <laughs> that's awesome does it have a date for console no day i don't think but um it's on uh it's on game pass pc and it's uwp based so it probably will come pretty quickly gotcha gotcha cool very cool all right man dan you up to anything uh, just playing old stuff, man. Waiting for Mafia and waiting for Mafia uh, this week, right? And then Battle. Oh, oh man, when that Star Wars come out? Star Wars. What the hell is it called? Squadrons. Yeah, I'm super excited for that one. That one's gonna be full VR kind of. I mean, short of that, man, it's it's just it's it's gonna be. I'm a huge Star Wars guy, though. So it plays better than the uh, Alpha did. Hey, I don't want to hear that crap. All I know is I'm gonna have a. I've got my Hotus, got my flight stick ready. I've got my VR ready. I want to see how it runs. Um, it doesn't matter because X-wing, Alliance, and Tie Fighter, and X, you know, all those games back then, those were my my jam back on the yeah. PC yeah. back in the day. So I'm super excited for that. What I've been actually playing, I've just been playing some more Kingdoms of uh, Amulur, and yeah. uh, I started the Control DLC, the Alan Wake stuff, and I think I'm close to the end, if not at the end, and I cannot beat this boss. And there is no difficulty settings for nice. easy mode. Yeah, no, not nice. I like it. What? No, this is garbage, Straight man. In. I don't need this Souls-like third-person game. This is garbage. No, it, I, I probably you, you like you lose incrementally. I think ten percent of like your shards or whatever every time you die. I had like seventy thousand at one point. I'm down to like ten. So it's so bad. I'm so bad at it. And I was doing really well. And then all of a sudden, it's like the difficulty just jumped on me. So it's Is it was the expansion good? Yeah, so far, it's really good. Um, but, you know, it, it, not this part because I'm going to be sitting <laughs> on it forever. Garbage. All right. I'm installing Star Renegades, though, right now on the PC. So nice. Yeah, I'll check it out as well. Um, yeah, I haven't been playing too much, really. I've been. Um... Tony Hawk is really, I, I've been so busy with other things. I haven't played much. So playing Tony Hawk in my, when I get those five or 10 minute increments, I want to jump on with something. Otherwise just playing Halo five with 
you know, some of the people in chat and then the community, which has been awesome getting back into Halo 5 again. Um, starting to get my aim back slowly. I'll get there. Um, and then finishing up Dark Souls 3 with those expansions, which is really cool, too. Gaming Forte, what's up, dude? Good to see you. Thanks for swinging by, man. Um, yeah, new console season. No kidding, man. Seven weeks. Seven weeks, guys. And Series X will be officially here after all this speculation for two years now. Mm. So, pretty cool. All right, man. Gonna go ahead and uh, close this out here. So a couple things coming on the site, but uh, before I get to those, Jasmine, I just want to thank you again for coming on. I know we've talked, uh, you know, intermittently on and off for a while now, and uh, getting coordinated to have you on. So I hope you had a good time, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. You're obviously goes without saying. Welcome anytime to swing on. Um, I think our community here uh, obviously knows you, knows Windows Central, follows you, all that stuff. But um, anything you want to shout out before we uh, before we head out uh nah, i just like you know thanks a ton for having me and stuff like that i'm sorry that i, I couldn't make it last week i was feeling like a corpse and um <laughs> we made it there in the end uh but yeah just uh thanks for having me and uh see you around on the blogosphere <laughs> yeah, try-, <laughs> try not to steal anything from blockbuster you know, it was awesome having you on, man. Um, but uh, you know, I still, I've still got my copy of Clay Fighter N sixty four. I said, like, I did Blockbuster a favor by not giving them that game back. That's <laughs> <It's a fair laughs> yeah, too funny. Too funny. All right, man. Well, so we've got, uh, we've got a lot going on here. Uh, SG eventually here in the coming weeks, we're actually going to have a SG contributor show. Um, so this is the first announcement. So these contributors that are listening right now, you're hearing this for the first time. So that was well planned. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we're going to be doing that soon. Uh, we've got another new contributor joining the site uh, this week who I will announce uh, soon. Once we kind of get all the details worked out, he's going to be at it this week. But um, yeah, it's just great to see how much content we have coming out, man. A lot of fresh articles, a lot of reviews of all the new major games are out. Um, I'm working. I know Steve's got two articles that are going to be going up this week. Um, I'm working on an article covering everything uh, Xbox and PlayStation as well. That'll be going up. And then uh, next week, we'll see what news we get this coming week. But next week, we've got Archimedes back on the show, along with Bad Bit for the first time, uh, host of the uh, PlayStation Trophy Room, which should be a lot of fun. So thanks as everyone. Uh, thanks as everyone. Thanks as mm-hmm. always, everyone, for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun. That was uh, BigCast123, and we will see you next week. Peace. Closing. I know. I'm looking for it. Get-